0: This is Mark Stein. After three years in COVID, Stan, it's time to get out of town. So, join me on the 2023 Mark Stein cruise, sailing from Italy to Croatia, Montenegro, Greece, for a full week of sun sea and civilizational collapse. I'll have special guests from around the world, from America, Canada, Australia, Britain, Europe, and we'll do all the things you like about the Mark Stein Show and Stein Online, but close up. And on water. More details at steinonline.com or marksteincruise.com. The Stein Online Clubland Q&A begins right now. Come along, March 10th, 2023. It is 3pm North American Eastern Time, that's 4pm in the beautiful Canadian Maritimes, half past four in Newfoundland and beyond the Americas. 8pm in London, 9pm in Paris, 10pm in Kiev... I think I'm back to square one on that. 10pm in Kiev... The 11th hour in Moscow, the 11th hour and a half in Tehran for all you Newfoundlanders who moved to Iran for the half-hour time zone, 1.45am in Kathmandu for all you Iranians who moved to Nepal to check out the quarter-hour time zone, 4am in Singapore and Hong Kong. 7am in Sydney and Melbourne, 9am on a Saturday morning in Auckland and lunchtime beyond In His Majesty's Dominions across the Pacific. And wherever you are on this turbulent earth, this is Mark Stein back with you for the next eh, 60 minutes or so for another Clubland Q&A. We had International Women's Day on Wednesday, which we commemorated on The Mark Stein Show. International Women's Day on Wednesday. Today is Men's Day. But only in Poland, where men are still men, apparently. So if you're a non-Pole, don't even think about celebrating Men's Day. If you like men, well, the Markstein Cruise sails in July. And we're putting in at Montenegro, where men are certainly men by comparison with most of the rest of the West. And we hope you'll consider uh, joining us. We've got all kinds of fun people aboard for you. More details at marksteincruise.com. I did three telly shows and a guest shot this week with James Dellingpole on his Dellingpod. Uh, That's out there. You can check it out. Um, So we're ramping up the production schedule, but cautiously because I'm suffering terribly from exhaustion and shortness of breath and I don't want to restart and then have to uh, go away again. But I'm going to try to make it through the full hour and I am totally committed to staying alive long enough to be buried at sea on the Markstein cruise. That's my personal promise to you. Let's get to your questions. You know how this works. Any one of the eight billion people on this planet is free uh, to listen to this show, and we hope at least six and a half billion of you will. You only need to be a Markstein club member to ask me a question. And we've had a uh, fair few new members this last week, so I hope our newbies will want to go ahead and throw me a curveball. Let us get to it and see what we have for you here. Mark uh, Lipniacki, I hope i pronounced that uh, correctly, Mark, Uh, and if I haven't, my apologies, says, uh, Hi, Mark. As a recent member, I hereby take you up on your invitation to pose a head-scratcher. At a gathering of Anglo-French bumbledom, in the Elysee Palace today. Yeah, this was the uh, D and Tweedledum of dinky metrosexual uh, globalists uh, with uh, Macron and uh, Rishi... Uh, what's he called? Rishi Rich? I can never remember. Um, many of the great and good exuded a palpable air of insufferable smugness. My question is, what on earth do they have to be smug about? I think that's a reasonable question. But the smugness is indestructible. It's an insulated ruling class. And and really, uh, as I said to Nigel during one of our last handovers, the thing about them is they all appear interchangeable. They don't seem to have anything to do with the countries they're nominally in charge of. You could switch them all around and it wouldn't make much difference. Um, But I find it odd Uh, You know, particularly if you look at something like the Matt Hancock uh, WhatsApp messages, the thing that does come across in them is the indestructible confidence of this class, even as they're screwing everything up. And if you look at most Western nations today, everything is going to be screwed up and everything is going to be worse for the next generation and the generation after that. In fact, one of the points I made with Dellingpole is that I don't think the West is actually that important today. It's obviously in decline and it's seen as in decline by its rivals and those who would succeed it. And it's, I can't believe that at a certain level, even completely mediocre members of the leadership class don't get that so in other words at a certain level someone like macron must understand that and someone like Rishi sunak must understand that but on the other hand by the way these are both two of the uh, even by the standards of today or are two of the most atypical leaders of the countries they lead and I'm not talking about Monsieur Macron's uh, taste in elderly uh, school teachers and all the rest of it, but simply that, you know, he's a uh, ex-Goldman Sachs globalist uh, who's made a ton of money in ways most of us don't understand. And likewise, Rishi Sunak, who's become incredibly wealthy in ways most of us don't comprehend. He hasn't sort of it's not like he's built a factory on the edge of town and employed all the townsfolk in it. It's, these things are becoming more mysterious to the layman now. But at a, at a certain level, it's dependent on the con. Um, as you know, this, this week was the week in which Ofcom found me guilty of breaching their rules. What they're, what they're doing is maintaining the narrative of the last three years. The, the last three years have been a failure. Everything's wrecked. Right. They've been a bigger failure in some countries than in others, but they've failed everywhere. And yet they don't want any kind of assessment of that failure. They still think they can hold the lid on the perception of failure, and are confident that they can they will be rewarded by the electorate for their failure. Um, so they don't have anything to be smug about. But smugness, is, but, but smugness goes hand in hand with all the vibrant diversity stuff. It's one of the things that I noticed. Canada was one of the first thing people, nations, on the multi-culti celebrate diversity bandwagon. And I noticed that one of the consequences of all the virtue signaling... Uh, and, and I'm going back a long time on this in, Cana- in Canadian terms, like 40 years, that uh, that it had one of its consequences was that it made the uh, ruling class incredibly smug and indeed insufferably smug, to go back to the words Mark used. Eric Dale writes, Mark, how did the English-speaking world go from the lands of free expression and open debate to Ofcom? And Chuck Schumer calling on Rupert Murdoch to yank the leash on Tucker Carlson. I think that's true. I think if we'd had the present kind of control of the narrative that you had had, you had just, uh, if we had what we had now, a couple, just a couple, two, three, four, five decades ago, uh, we would have had no uh, such thing as... Uh, co- coverage in any way of anything that is opposed to that narrative. That's basically what, you know, Rupert Murdoch's in— I say this as someone who gets sued for defamation regularly. And in America, defamation is, uh, since the New York Times-Sullivan case in the 1960s, you have to prove malice when you're up against a public figure, Uh and malice, people don't understand malice. So malice, when the Michael Mann case started and people said, well, they're going to have to prove malice. Uh, and, and people went, well, that's going to be completely easy. Stein is totally malicious. That's not what malice means in the context of U.S. defamation law. What you have to prove is that the defamer knew what he said was untrue, and yet he still went ahead and said it. Now, in the case of Rupert Murdoch, Rupert's deposition in this uh, Dominion voting machine trials, where uh, Dominion voting machines is suing Fox News for all the stuff they said about those voting machines in the weeks after the November 2020 election, And Rupert, in his deposition, said, uh, basically said, oh, I knew all this election fraud thing was a load of bollocks. Uh, I don't know why uh, Sean Hannity and co were getting carried away and going on about it. What he's actually done there is concede malice. He has said, as the head honcho of Fox News, that he knew a lot of the stuff that was being said by Maria Bartiromo and Lou Dobbs and whoever on Fox News wasn't true. But there, he didn't care, and he went ahead and let them say it anyway. And it's going to be interesting that that actually that it will be inter- if I had conceded that something similar in the Michael Mann case or Carrie Cats or any of it, it they all they would have been over, and I would have been toast. Um, but it'd be interesting to see whether that uh, that applies that applies here. What what we live in. You know, we live in a blizzard of lies. That's the, tr- the official narrative doesn't bear the slightest bit of scrutiny. It really doesn't. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking about uh, America. You know me. I'm the only one, really, about- because after January the 6th, when uh, the, cum- the cumulus vice president shut up all the butch boys like Mark Levin... I kept on saying it, not because of any Trump, Biden, Biden, Trump thing, but just because anyone who's seen a real election knows that the way American elections are conducted in certain states and certain cities is just disgusting and an an affront uh, to self-government by free peoples. Um, And uh, eventually it's going to have some you know, consequential thing. It doesn't matter whether that's you regard that as having happened in nineteen sixty with uh JFK's victory over Nixon or whether you think it happened in twenty twenty with Joe Biden's quote unquote victory over Donald J. Trump. But these are not credible elections. And the 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 I can't even, you know, <laughs> The thought of having to stay awake on election night, 2024, until 10 p.m. when the malfunction in the Maricopa County voting machines suddenly gets flashed across the screen—it's all so bloody boring. Um, but beyond that, now we have we have created a culture that does not value free speech. Uh, Particularly in the English speaking world, Eric. And I notice, for example, one when I'll tell you one big difference between this week and however many years ago it is now in Canada when all those human rights suits uh, against Maclean's over my cover story on the resurgence of Islam were filed. There was a general shock at the way censorship laws were being, uh, uh, the, the human rights commissions were supposed to deal with neo-Nazis, you know, fringe neo-Nazis. Suddenly the fringe moved inwards and targeted the the great Canadian dentist's waiting room magazine, Maclean's. And people were, even people who are liberals who are on board with all the human rights crap were shocked by that and startled by it. And the difference between that and what happened to me with Ofcom is that all kinds of reasonable people seem to assume that Ofcom is likewise staffed by reasonable people, and that therefore, if you find, if they find you guilty of some transgression, you have. So- I mean, I find it. I find it fascinating that they treat this uh, as a criminal conviction that the jury has found after days of deliberation. That's not what it is. But it's interesting to me that that's how it's covered. And in a certain sense, all these people have accepted that there, are, there, is, there are, is a list of topics on which there is a correct view and against which other views cannot be permitted. Now, we saw that arising during the whole sort of climate change so-called debate. And it's spread from that, and it spread from that to uh, all kinds of other issues. And it is now, I think, accepted that there is no the 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 all the cliches of the free speech debates of my early years. Oh, I disagree with what you say, but I will fight uh, to the death for your right to say. It. That's all gone now. Nobody's going to fight to the. I I don't want you to fight to the death, eh? reasonably supportive tweet or an encouraging fax would be sufficient. But no, we can't have that either. The The idea that the, uh, and in particular, state or quasi-state bodies or expert bodies, Uh, Now have the, oh yes, oh yeah, social media, it's so important. People get most of their news from Facebook. So Facebook have hired some fact checkers who made up of distinguished scientific experts who will determine whether you can say what it is you want to say. This is a complete revolution in how people think of the right to free speech. Hart Leonard says, Mark, I continue my devout wish for your complete recovery, but any cardiologist worth his salt would advise uh, that having Ava, Dominique, Leilani, and Alexandra constantly on your shows could cause rapid palpitations, not conducive to a healthy heart. Ofcom's evil notwithstanding. I'll tell you something. I mentioned my Provencal nurses uh, the other week, and uh, a lot of listeners got a little bit excited at the thought of Provencal nurses. But you know, the hospital I was in, the patients didn't have to wear masks, but the staff were wearing masks. And after my first operation on the first day I was in there, and I was wheeled back to my room, and the, the lovely nurse came in, and she was sort of just giving me some water to sip and all the and i was lying there i'd been reclamped to all the electrodes and everything and i just said i said you can you can take your mask off in here you know i don't care about the covid don't care whether i get covid and the mask isn't doing any good anyway and she laughed and I said, just take your mask. I said, I'm like, I'm all wired up here. I can't move. If the if these are my last days, I'd just like a bit of human connection, like a face. And she took her mask off, and she had the loveliest face. And I didn't look at the, as I said, I'm all clamped up to the electrodes. I didn't look at the electrodes to see whether, you know, they'd all gone. The needle was wrapping itself around the end of the dial in the red zone. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I think if you're going to put stress on your heart, then a pretty face is uh, is as good a way as any of it. Hart Leonard's uh, g- continues, that said, I'd appreciate your take on Tucker Carlson's broadcast of previously unseen segments of the January 6th tapes. Tucker has admitted that no one from any news service, including Fox's own, has expressed any journalistic interest in these tapes. Um. That's actually quite an important point. You know, there's always a slight disconnect. And, and it's, it's conscious because they have separate management structures. But, you know, people watching don't uh, comprehend that. Uh, for example, when um, I used to do the show, that, the 7 o'clock show, an hour before Tucker comes on, so I used to take over from Brett Bear. So Brett Bear would throw to me, and we'd banter about this and that for a couple of minutes, and then I'd start the show. And people don't realise that Brett's show uh, comes under the news division, and that my show came under the opinion division, and they're kept, you know, very separate, except. That uh, when Fox was trying to rebuild its audience uh, after they lost a big bunch of it after the November election, one of the things they did was on the daytime news shows, with uh, you know Bill hammer and and the like, they would start using clips of the previous night's Hannity or Laura Ingram or whatever to kickstart some discussion. So uh, so they 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 play a little bit of Hannity or a little bit of Laura or a little bit of Tucker uh, by Bill Hammer or Sandra Smith or Dana Perino or whatever in order to kickstart the debate they'd be having with various Democrats and Republicans. And what is fascinating about Tucker's uh, disclosure for the first time of all this material uh, his broadcasting of this all this material for the first time is that it was completely uncovered by the news side of Fox News and uh, I find that fascinating because one of the one of the most obvious there's political prisoners in the United States I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that when, Uh, You look at some of the cases that Westerners get exercised about that go on in Russia or whatever. This is the same thing. There's been people sitting around two years waiting for trial, held in appalling conditions, solitary confinement, and all the rest of it. People without criminal records, people guilty of nothing more than trespassing. People who didn't break anything, people who didn't attack anything. Uh, And they're all—these are political prisoners, And the material that Tucker has broadcast under American law, if American law still means anything, because as with Ofcom, uh, large numbers of people seem to have accepted the idea that the citizen is not equal before the law, that he is treated differently according to uh, what his political inclinations are. I mean, it used to be accepted that if you ran a red light, and killed somebody, uh, it didn't matter whether you were Nelson Mandela or a member of the Ku Klux Klan. The point is you ran the red light and you killed some guy. And now it does matter. Now you get treated differently according to whether you're perceived as Nelson Mandela or you're perceived as the Ku Klux Klan. And all these people who... The government is supposed to disclose what it has on you. Uh, you know, don't get me started on American justice. You know my view of it, but they have these rules, and if and if and if you breach those rules, you're supposedly in a big heap of trouble. So, for example, the guy who was the lawyer for the 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 sort of QAnon shaman, Chansley, whatever he's called. Um, who was the lawyer at the time, said, no, no, we asked for all this stuff and they didn't show any of this to us. They didn't show any of this to us. So the news division ought to be covering it. Their, their, their Justice Department correspondents actually should be covering it because it calls into question, you know, you can't be forced to cop a plea uh, if the prosecution doesn't disclose its case, its full case against you. Um, so any, uh, at any anyway, and I, as I said, I don't buy like the wimpo wimpo Nancy boy Doris's at National Review, you know, we use, oh, Tucker, he's completely lost it here. Everyone knows why nine cops from the Capitol Police are just walking with, sauntering with. They're all doing the Capitol Police saunter as they accompany Jacob Chansley into the Senate chamber. They were doing, you know, they were walking alongside, shooting the breeze, blah, 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 blah. They're just doing that to de-escalate. Since when have the Capitol Police ever de-escalated? I I uh I showed uh, on the TV uh show on the Mark Stein show the other day the what they how they normally do when they're happy to pump bullets into a single mom sitting in a car for taking a wrong turn even though there's a baby in the car who's clearly visible those bozos of the Capitol police disgraceful uh absolute and it's not a by the way it's not a police force in any sense of that their job is to protect uh, their political masters, and if that means pumping a poor uh, single mummy full of bullets, they'll go ahead and do that. They're a disgusting lot. So the thing here is, why were they doing this with Chansley? So they, they're they happy to, you know, the, the the single mom and the baby are such a threat. They're happy to open fire uh, on the lousy single mom to teach her a lesson she won't forget. But with this guy unarmed guy in buffalo horns, uh, they, they have no choice but to let it go. They're lying to you. You're living. America is a joke right now. And by America, I mean at the federal, you know, whatever the merits of this or that state might be. At the federal level, the United States of America, as embodied by its government, is a filthy joke. Uh, whose idea of justice is obscene, and the willingness of the so-called right, such as National Review, uh, to make excuses for the Capitol police is particularly uh, is particularly revolting. Anyway, Hart Hart continues. Uh, got carried away there, uh, but you you you're right to point out. Um, uh, no one from any news service, including Fox's own, has expressed any journalistic interest in these tapes. And now, after the initial Bally Who about these tapes, and Bally Who seems to be becoming a bit scarce. Did Fox and Tucker, by force, succumb to the pressure? Or, in preparation for the Dominion lawsuit, did the Fox attorneys put the kibosh on additional releases of the tapes? As an aside, I must admit that I'm saddened by Tucker's texts revealing his true feelings about Trump, that he hates Trump, that there's no upside to Trump, that Trump's presidency was a disaster, and there's nothing to show for it. Granted, we have title to our private opinions, but if quoted accurately, uh, Tucker is simply wrong in his assertions about Trump's presidency. Moreover, as one of those deplorables who really believes that Trump was cheated out of a second term and has been the most unfairly maligned person in my living memory, I'm angry. No, sir, I cannot prove election cheating. Neither can I prove the sun will rise tomorrow. Both seem very likely, though. Maybe McCarthy should have forwarded the tapes to a small hamlet in New Hampshire instead. Well, uh, in fairness to Tucker, I don't think he said anything in those texts about Trump that he didn't say to, I think it was a Swiss newspaper. <laughs> For some reason, he gave a uh, an interview to a Swiss newspaper a couple of years back, and uh, they uh, they caught him on a day where he uh, wasn't minded to play coy, and he opened up about things. And I think there's no doubt that if you see, here, here's Tucker's position, in a nutshell, as I understand it. I don't think he'd disagree with a word I'm saying here. He, his, he's in favour of Trumpism. All the things that Trump ran on are things that Trump, uh, that Tucker supports: building the wall, securing the border, uh, not having a political class that, on both sides of the aisle, seems to be operating. In favour of uh, the self-interests of a global elite, rather than the citizens of the nation uh, they're elected to serve. Tucker is in support of Trumpism. He uh, is not, and never has been, a supporter of Trump, and uh, in 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 the sense that uh, he's willing to go all in on Trump. Um, and, uh, and, and Trump has understood all that. Trump under, has always understood that, that uh, Tucker supports Trumpism. But uh, this all goes back to, by the way, to some interview when Tucker was with the Weekly Standard and he interviewed Trump and Trump called him up and uh, <laughs> said, uh, left him a message after the interview. He goes, you're just jealous because I get more bleep in a week than you will in your entire lifetime. <laughs> uh, which may be true, I don't know, but is is a sufficient reason uh, maybe to take against a guy. But Tucker's a serious person and he supports Trumpism. That's to say the issues that made Trump a star, a rock star, as we say, in the year 2015. Uh, but the and in a sense, that, so he's not a groupie in the way that Sean Hannity is. Trump, Trump is in, Trump uh, is susceptible to groupies, which is why he took people like Hannity and Mark Levin more seriously than he should. In the case of Tucker, uh, one of the things that should give this more credibility is precisely the fact that Tucker was not on board with any of the Sydney Powell stuff in November of uh, 2020 he wouldn't he wouldn't he he came out against Sydney Powell as you know and so the fact that he discerns uh exculpatory material in these unreleased tapes and therefore a great crime by the United States Congress in imposing a totally dishonest narrative on the nation. And the fact that he's going against not just Chuck Schumer, but supposed Republicans too, like McConnell, actually ought to give it more credible and make and make news departments more eager to... Oh, Tucker Carlson who uh, admits that he, quote, hates Trump's and there's no upside to Trump, nevertheless thinks it's disgusting that the United States govern- government has been holding political prisoners for two years. Um, but, th- but the silence, the, the, you know, that, that was crap. Uh, theatre that January the 6th committee. And at the very least, that is what Tucker has... But I agree with you that after the Promises, uh, the the week as it went on got got a little... It, it, the bang for the buck uh, diminished uh, somewhat. Uh, let's uh, pause from the hell of the passing Sheriff Harry and have a little music. Ours is a horrible age for music and for all... Uh, the arts. That's one of the things I discussed with James Dellingpole on his Pod. It doesn't matter whether you dig symphonies or sitcoms. It's all dead. Uh, but it's not enough that we can no longer produce anything. In our rage, we have to destroy everything, and it will be everything. We have to destroy everything from the glorious past To It is necessary to make such a wasteland that people will think the wasteland is a normal state of affairs and will have no memory of a non-wasteland. The other day, uh, for the first time since the COVID hit three years ago, Disneyland brought back its Magic Happens parade. Hooray! The Magic Happens parade is back at Disneyland, but with a difference. Here's how the local paper... The Los Angeles Times headlined it. zippity doo song from racist film removed from Disneyland Parade. And here's how CNN reported it. Disneyland removes controversial zippity doo lyric from its parade. There is nothing controversial or racist about zippity doo It's just the latest harmless victim of the madness of the age. I have loved this song all my life. A few years ago... Uh, my darling daughter got into zip lining. That's where they stick a platform at the top of a tall tree, and you jump off and whir down a wire to a platform on the next tree. And my little girl has always been fearless from the age of three, four, five. And I didn't want to look like a big Nancy by appearing to be scared of jumping off the tops of trees. So for a few years, she and I and eventually her younger brothers all went ziplining in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. And these kinds of events aren't just about the trees and the wires. Uh, The guys running it have to oomph up the whole thing with a bit of ballyhoo. And so at the very beginning... Uh, the point where you're like still in the room and uh, they're telling you to put on the safety helmet, they would play this record and demand we sing along to get us in the zip lining mood. All together now. <laughs>
1: Sunshine and brightly, breeze blowing lightly. Zippity doo da, zippity eh. My oh my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine head my way. Zippity doo da, zippity eh. Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. It's the truth,
0: it's action.
1: Everything is satisfactual Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay Wonderful feeling, wonderful day How do you do? How do you do? Fine, how how are you?
0: Fine, how
1: are you? Making a dollar a minute Zippity-doo-dah,
0: zippity-ay my, oh my, what
1: a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine head my way. Zippity-doo-da, zippity-a. Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. It's the truth. It's actual. Everything is satisfactory. Zippity-doo-da, zippity-a. Wonderful feeling, wonderful day. Hit my way Zippity-doo-dah Zippity-ay mister Bluebird on my shoulder It is the truth It's actual Everything is satisfaction Zippity-doo-dah zippity Wonderful feeling at my way What a wonderful zippity
0: What an effervescent song. Ven, vossit, Uh Arranged and conducted by Paul Weston. That's the sound of a top ten record in 1946. Johnny Mercer with the Pied Pipers, but solely Johnny Mercer the singer, not Johnny Mercer the songwriter. zippity doo is by Ali Rubel and Ray Gilbert, and Mercer, as he occasionally did, liked some other fellow's work so much that he decided to give him a boost by recording it. That song is such a sweet, harmless miniature of perfection. I am apoplectic with rage at the violence done to it by the barbarians of our wretched time. How does uh, Ray Gilbert's lyric go? It's the truth, it's actual, everything is satisfactual. Not in 2023, there's no truth, it's not in the least bit actual, and everything is far from satisfactual. Ali Rubel isn't a famous songwriter, he's not Cole Porter or Irving Berlin, but he has more talent in his little finger than the clods of our awful time who have taken out his most joyous and life-affirming song. Mr. Rubel uh, lived at 29 Palms in California, uh, gateway to the Joshua Tree and all that. And in fact, the only reason I ever heard of his town in California uh, goes back to when I was a kid and I heard a rather charming number he wrote called The Lady from 29 Palms. Uh, but this Ali Rubel composition I have always had a fondness for and I thought I'd just tack it on to zippity doo A third of a century back, uh, Frank Sinatra commissioned an arrangement of it from the great Billy May. It was supposed to be for an album of mid-tempo swingers. Uh, Frank got to the studio, ran down the first number, My Foolish Heart, looked down the rest of the set list, and decided he wasn't feeling it that night. So the album never got made. And after Sinatra's death, a few years after the early years of this century, his son, Frank Jr., came across the chart and decided uh, that uh, Billy's arrangement deserved to see the light of day. It's a great song, uh, an absolute corker of an arrangement, and Jr. is on his game. I'm afraid the masquerade is... Over.
1: Your eyes don't shine like they used to shine. And the thrill is gone when your lips meet mine i'm afraid the masquerade is over and so is love and so is love well your words don't mean what they used used to mean they were once inspired now they're flat routine i'm afraid the masquerade is over And so is love And so is love Yes, I gotta play Pagliacci Find myself a clown's disguise and learn how to smile like Pagliacci With the tears in my eyes You look the same You're a lot the same, but this heart says no, no you're not the same. I'm afraid the masquerade is over, and so is love, and so is love. to play Pagliacci find myself a clown's disguise and then learn how to smile like Pagliacci with the tears in my eyes where you look the same a lot the same but this heart says no no you're not not the same I'm afraid Masquerade is over, and so is love, and so is love.
0: Frank Sinatra Jr. with a great arrangement by Billy May. Words by Herb Magidsson. I'm afraid the masquerade is over. Uh, And uh, it's nothing really to do with sensitivity and sensitivity readers, as we were talking about with Leilani, Dominique and Alexandra on Wednesday's show. The masquerade is over. The mask has dropped. It's about destruction. If they'll destroy zippity Duda, Ali Rubel's magnificent composition, uh, there is nothing they won't destroy. That's how total the revolution is. Mark Stein's Clubland Q&A live around the planet. It's 17 minutes to nine uh, Greenwich Mean Time. And we thank you for joining us. Toby Pilling uh, says, do you think things might have been different with Ofcom had Paul Dacre got the job of running it, or is the whole concept of an agency approving f- speech for public consumption uh, that is at fault? Yeah, uh, I don't know whether – Paul. for people who don't know Paul Dacre – It's been a long time since I uh, have uh, have been in the same room as him, but uh, I went go back three decades with him when he was at Associated Newspapers, and eventually he became the editor of the Daily Mail at a time when it expanded across the planet to become the most read uh, newspaper in the United States online and all the rest of it. Uh, Paul was a magnificent editor of the Daily Mail, uh, and then he. Uh, was supposed to be going to Ofcom, and uh, people didn't like the idea of him at Ofcom, and uh, they started a campaign against him. I don't, uh, I don't know what would have happened had he gone to Ofcom. There seems to be a kind of ideological capture, as if these institutions have a mind of their own. You know, people liked Jennifer Lynch, who was running the Canadian Human Rights Commission at the time when they were operating the disgusting Section 13. And Jennifer Lynch was supposed to be a Canadian. Uh, She uh, she was a QC. She was supposed to be a Canadian conservative, I should say. And uh, she was appointed by a uh, Canadian Justice Minister to head the Human Rights Commission. And then she went native and uh, just could have been any cookie cutter uh, lefty head of the Human Rights Commission. I don't know whether that would have happened to uh, Paul Dacre at Ofcom. The thing about a media regulator, and I was trying to get to this with uh, Mark Sharman uh, the other night, he didn't really take the bait on it, but I think it's one of the differences, is that when these things started, going back to the uh, part through the radio authority and the Independent Broadcasting Authority and the rest of it. The whole idea was that there was limited bandwidth for, so you didn't want a radio station uh, in in uh, in 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 Birmingham. Uh, broadcasting on the same frequency as a radio station in Wolverhampton, because then it'd just be a big cacophonous noise. So the whole idea was that they would be supervising. They would effectively be giving you licenses uh, to get us one of the very limited spots available. Well, now there are hundreds of TV stations available, uh, hundreds of radio on DAB. I think there's unlimited numbers of radio stations available. And there's obviously um, been a massive expansion in the choices available to the viewer or the listener. It's not as if, you know, there's an argument for reg- the, the regulation on radio was, you know, you'd apply for the license by saying you were going to have a like oh, a weekly uh, show with the local Women's Institute who would be talking about the recipes they'd been doing that week and blah, 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 blah. And then you discover that there isn't that big a um, an audience for the Women's Institute show. So if you play nonstop disco, funk, dance favorites instead of the Women's Institute show, you get a bigger audience. And the point of the IBA was to say... Uh, No, 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 you've committed to doing a certain type of programming and we're holding you to that. And that's when it opened the door to go into the idea of regulating editorial content. Now, what's happened since then, even as the sort of, you know, the wavelength thing, has declined in importance, they've filled up, as in bureaucracies do, they've filled up the gap with editorial. Now, what's happened at GB News, which is another good example of ideological capture, there's a guy there called Nick Pollard who used to actually work for GB News. So they hired him uh, as he knew all the angles. So they hired him to help them work around you know what Ofcom did. Instead, what happened is he made GB News more Ofcom compliant than the law requires. There was never, as I say, I go back a long way with these UK regulators, and the idea is that presenters would have to go and do training classes on how to handle specific issues would have been absent. Would have been laughed off by. Uh, anybody 30, 40 years ago. The fact that this is permitted, the microregulation regulation by state agents is a huge uh, problem and I'd, I want them out of the editorial business and, you know, if it takes suing them to get that, I'm happy to do that. The Notorious Mr. J says, as always, supercharged wishes for a speedy recovery and the recent revelations over the overly harsh treatment meted out to the QAnon shaman, is there not an undertow of establishment hypocrisy? Imagine our shock. The jail time given the pussy riot protesters in Russia some few years back was greeted with squeals and howls of indignation, yet stateside Putinesque conduct is met with silence. Yeah, Absolutely, because again, I never feel this hypocrisy thing is useful because they don't care about hypocrisy. Uh, The old line on hypocrisy is uh, hypocrisy is the tribute vice pays to virtue, and when the vice is open, ever more open. If you're in a society where you cut off girls' breasts uh, and and render them infertile. Uh, because they're going through an awkward phase in middle school, <laughs> it's, it's hard to believe there's any kind of consideration of virtue about such a society. And here, you know, as I said, it comes back to this line. I keep getting it quoted back at me. The good guys are the bad guys. We have gone, and this is again, why all the, well, I had, I had a thing in the comments the other day. Why don't you have the guts? to call it what it is, you know, communism, Marxism, whatever the hell was going on, fascism, whatever the hell is said, those words don't really mean anything. Marx knew what a woman was. Mussolini didn't go around cutting the vestigial breasts of schoolgirls. You know, we are slipping into a state of insanity that is beyond... I've just seen a thing... I've just seen a thing today, I think it was in the Washington Post, they figured out a way for uh, the scientists. And as I was uh, saying on the show earlier this week, there's a reason why the mad scientist used to be a standard trope in popular culture. Uh... The guy, because they always go too fast. So we've got a thing now where they're saying that same-sex couples will soon be able to procreate because they managed to engineer uh, a situation in which two male mice uh, manage to give birth to another mice. So Mickey Mouse doesn't need Minnie anymore. Mickey can go off and find some hunky male mouse down at the mouse gay bar, and they can be whooping it up and dancing in their hunk to hunk, hunky mouse to hunky mouse, and then go back and have a baby mouse. And, uh, uh, you know, this is so deep in the realm of mad scientist science uh, that it, but it's presented as, oh, this will be, it's such a kind thing to do. You know, just think, if, if you're Fred and you love Irving, do you really want to have to rent a womb from Daisy May in uh, Arkansas uh, in order to, be, to have a kid? Well, now we've figured out a way around, you know. So the, the hypocrisy thing. I, I don't even look at it as good. Uh, when I said the good guys turn out to be the bad guys, I think that there is a I think you can make that case and you can make it very easily. but that's really not the thing that's really not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that I'm looking for societies that behave within accepted norms. Uh, Veronica from New Zealand was trying to get me to sign on to Putin. I said, you know, I don't really like the idea where if you cross the leader uh, you and then you happen to go to hospital, you mysteriously fall out the window of the sixth floor of the hospital. I'm not really into that. I'd like just a normal society. But the fact is that right now, um, again, as I talked about with Dellingpod, the United States and then... His Majesty's dominions are, in a certain sense, the weirdest. Whether they're evil, we should leave for fuller consideration, but they are certainly the weirdest societies uh, on earth today. And in a certain sense, um, some of the cruder, raw, uh, authoritarian nations behave more within norms Uh, than we do. Pete Procopio writes, Mark, Chuck Schumer shrieking for Fox to silence Tucker Carlson from the floor of the Senate shows the critical importance of the garbage partisan narrative. Tucker has done a great service releasing previously buried January 6th footage. I feel like most commentary is missing the mark. The chilling effect is the point. Any political dissent will be treated as a threat to democracy itself. You will be jailed in perpetuity. We will use any and all methods to track you down. We will ruin your life, period. Why create a department of disinformation to police speech you don't like when you can simply scare detractors into compliance. This is true. And it has had the chilling effect, Um, was was a phrase that became familiar to me during my travails with the Human Rights Commission. It's a concept recognized by the United States Supreme Court and to a slightly lesser extent by Canadian courts. It's not a phrase you hear a lot in the UK. But in the U.S., the point was that the, the, you, you you make an example of one pour encourager les autres. Uh, in other words, you, you make an example of this guy so that 10,000 other guys don't get the idea to do the same. And that's the point of January the 6th. Uh, with January the 6th, they took it upon themselves to... Uh, Hold political prisoners indefinitely without trial. I mean, the sclerotic crap hole of American justice, as I know, because in the District of Columbia, I have been in a lawsuit over a 270 word blog post uh, for uh, 11 years now. 11 years. It looked a bit, thanks to that uh, wanker judge, whatever he's called, it looked as if actually the case might outlive me because his stupid order uh, in that case uh, was having such an impact on my uh, stress levels. It looked as if the uh, Mann versus Stein case would actually outlive the defendant. So we know the crap hole of American justice is sclerotic anyway. What they did here, you're suppo- but you, you are supposed to have the constitutional right to a speedy trial. What they do is they back up everything before the trial so that you, know, you don't have the hearing to schedule the date of the trial. Uh, the, the hearing at which the trial date is scheduled keeps getting put off for six months, nine months, ten months, a year and a half. It's an evil system. But you know, again, the pussy right, the guys with the big butch intro, Eye of the Tiger, Sideways music, bump, 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 I'm so butch, butchy, 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 butch. and then they come on with the pussy boy opinions uh, play a big part in this. And the the Republican Party, uh, what would be His Majesty's loyal opposition in Ottawa or London or Canberra, are so unfailingly loyal to this thing that they 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 become indistinguishable I, I can't i can't i listen to you know as i said those little dweeby types in national review defending the the department of justice is indefensible um you know by you can say what you like about sweden which would not be congenial to many Americans, especially supporters of the Republican Party. But Swedes choose to live the way they live for the most part. I'm setting aside the, the uh, immigration thing, which is going to destroy the country. But if you look at Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Finland, <coughs> they come by their you know big high-tax social democracy honestly. When you've got what's going on here, that's a completely dishonest way of doing things. We all know, I've said this before, talking about why there wasn't more orneriness in America during the COVID era. The, The Canadian trucker thing happened in Canada because after January 6th, everybody's too scared. To do anything like that in Washington, D.C., it won't happen again. And similarly, when you look at what's happened in this is again, what we were talking about with Snarly, Do you mind I got carried away doing the Big Butch theme tune for all the Big Butch talk show hosts? Forgive me if you take a glass of water. I can't it's like Kiev. I can't do that. But what they're doing is. Uh, that's the, what they're doing is they're teaching you this is what we do. So if you don't want to end up like Jacob Chansley, if you don't want to end up sitting in solitary for two years and then copping a plea for a four and a half year jail term, your life is ruined. Your family are ruined. Uh, it, 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 when you come out of jail and you'll be wondering where the family home went and it all went on legal bills, that's it. You know, they're teaching you a lesson about how it is going and so the Wanker right, oh uh, you know uh, here I'm going to wave my constitution around for a bit. When, under what sort of uh, constitution are political prisoners held without trial uh, in solitary? Guys with no criminal record, guys who are no threat to anybody, guys who can't even leave the country because for the most part they have no passports. And yet they've got to be. Uh, it's it's ugly. It's ugly, and the and the and Conservative Inc has really not said anything uh, about it at all, uh, at all. And it's going to be worse. And this is the way it's going to be. Um, Hi, Mark says Simon Arnold. Can you explain all the kerfuffle on Twitter regarding Fox News? Well, I think it's about that's all to do with what we've just said what are your thoughts on rishi and macron today no thought these people aren't you know rishi has just i think I should go go on to this uh, simon because i think we got a question Did we get it? I thought uh, I saw it when I was just rummaging around during that record. Oh, here I think it is. Chris Davis. I think this is it. Um, Oh, I'll tell you what. I'll just read the one before. Michael Trueblood writes, I've been listening to your reading of The Island of Dr. Moreau. I'm enjoying it very much. I always prefer when someone reads with expression. Yeah, that's uh, the great H.G. Wells story. And it came up this week because somehow said... uh, Someone uh, pointed out that when they were talking about animal-human hybrids, Ava Vladinger was it? uh, uh, Yeah, last week Ava Vladinger broke and uh, a couple of our other ladies were talking. I think it was Alexandra and Dominique were talking about these animal-human hybrids. And it is very much the island of Dr. Moreau, which I did as one of our Tales for Our Times. If you're a Mark Stein Club member, Click on Tales for Our Time in the audio menu and you can enjoy yourself for 20 minutes uh, before you turn in at night listening to my serialization of that. Chris Davis says, Chris Davis says, Mark, after a week of full fat Stein, no relation of full fact, of course, time for a utopian request. Your discussion with Naomi Wolf highlighted the demographic, democratic deficit of mankind that is the EU, yet the lemmings masquerading as Tories who were never committed to Brexit continue to be in awe of supranationalism. What are the chances of getting a unionist such as Kate Hoey, Ian Paisley Jr. or Arlene Foster on the show, please, to discuss the scandal of the Windsor framework that kills Brexit and the UK's internal market to facilitate slavish adherence to EU single market rules? Well, I will tell you, we're going to be doing something on the Windsor framework and the death of Brexit. Brexit is... Dead, and um, uh, th- th- so when you see Rishi and Macron, Rishi Rich and uh, the the two little dinky globalist metrosexuals meeting today in Paris, this is incredible. A- everyone, won- R- Rishi Rich lost the leadership election the Conservative Party held, but mysteriously wound up in Number Ten as Prime Minister anyway. And now he has not just nullified the leadership election and the 2019 uh, national election, he has also nullified the 2016 Brexit referendum. This is the thing, it's a uh, effective executive action in the other direction can't be done. They all just flounder around like the floundering that happened for two, three, four years after the Brexit vote. But they, when they want to go in the other direction, like Rishi just did, committing the UK to the single union, the single market now and forever, they can do that. Michael Cavino says, Mark laughed heartily at the latest ad for your show at the top of the homepage. (laughs) That's a picture of me saying the Ofcom Thought Criminal returns, 8pm UK, 3 p.m. North America Eastern. When will the Ofcom Thought Criminal Returns T-shirts be available for sale in the Steinsaw? Uh, That might be a good idea. That might be a good idea. Jennifer Price says the uh, resume by Naomi Wolf on yesterday's show is quite chilling. How much of the information about financial backhanders paid to media? Uh, research institutes and the like by the perpetrators of the COVID scandemic is out there for us to see and how does one find the data? I have several friends who need convincing that we are being taken for fools and should be trying to do something about it by sharing the facts. Slow and steady with your recovery. We look forward to seeing you in July and please, not just as you are being fed to the sharks in the Adriatic as you keep telling us. Best wishes for better health. Yeah, I don't think it's anything... I think it's actually... You're asking people to say, I got suckered, which is one of the hardest things to do. Uh, And and that is why the great... Reversing the psychological damage... Of the COVID years is so difficult because that you still see it. I still, I still see people walking around with the masks. Uh, they some where was I? I was, uh, I was going into uh, yeah. That was that's right. It was a parking lot in rural Quebec, and there's these two nice people. They've just been buying booze in a Quebec liquor store. And they come out wearing masks. And I don't know. I don't know what that is. Whether you still need a mask in a Quebec liquor store, <laughs> but I, you know, there's people who are wedded to this now, and uh, now and forever, rather than admitting they got suckered. Um, William McKinney writes, Mark. It was interesting to hear Nami Wolf comment about why she didn't vote for Trump. Uh, But isn't Joe Biden worse than Trump in every pervert category imaginable? Hard for me to reconcile why Biden gets a pass. Uh, And uh, that's the point, isn't it? You know, I tend to agree with Ann Coulter's analysis, you know, that, um, that, uh, that Trump goes around on tape boasting about all the bleep he's grabbing because, in fact, he's not grabbing any bleep. He's 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 just he's just talking like that because he's a he's, as he would say, a braggadocious guy. Uh, Whereas Joe Biden doesn't go around. uh, Well, he does sort of because he says these weird things about schoolgirls and nurses and all the rest of it but joe biden is actually there on camera grabbing all kinds of little girls inappropriately and that doesn't matter i think the thing is that you know again what's in nami has a uh, has a piece on substack i think it is or somewhere in which she says now she was wrong on that you know trump trump it's it's the same it's it's the same way when you uh, I reviewed a book, a serious book, saying the future of the world is going to belong to the patriarchy because the demographic energy is with Islam and similar societies which are conventionally patriarchal. But you can't get so it's going to be a bummer for women. Because uh, you're going to be having more and more uh, guys who think that uh, fellas should have be able to have four wives. The wives are submissive. You use them each in turn. They walk behind you. They're the ones carrying the washing machine back from the store while you're sauntering ahead, having a little chit chat with your friends. And it's going to be a patriot. But you can't inter- I did my best to interest feminists in this topic, but no, because for them. The patriarchal guy is still like uh, a 1950s sitcom dad out of Father Knows Best or Ozzy and Harriet, uh, or it's some uh, boorish braggart who uh, who, who uh, thinks that uh, women should just get huge breast implants and be available. For, you know, it's all out of date. It's all out of date. And Naomi's thing is, Uh, is admitting that, in fact, she recognizes that and she's changed her view on it. Johnny Woodrow says, Mark, you started out as the musical and comedy guy. How important is mastery of a particular field of culture for formation of a conservative mindset and for seeing through the Punch and Judy show of politics and commentary to what really matters? Well, I think somebody, I always used to tell, I don't think anyone should just be a writer or a commentator. And always used to tell my students at uh, Hillsdale when I used to go out there, you know, including Cat Katimpf and uh, other persons you would know. And always, you shouldn't, you you should uh, do something. Doesn't matter what you whether you dog sled or tap dance or whatever, but you should do something rather than just be a person who comments on something. And you should have. A field of expertise, even if that field of expertise is nothing to do with, you know, I love it when people say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So uh, Mark Stein, the musical comedy expert, is suddenly now uh, the one you want to take uh, uh, information on epidemiology from. No, but on the other hand, you don't want to take information on epidemiology from someone who's just a sort of general commentator and has no hinterland, as Dennis Healy said. I don't, you know, I, I, as I said to Dellingpole, I'd much rather talk about I, In in, an, in another life, I would have been much happier being an orchestrator. But I talk about this stuff because it's important. What's not in, What's the worst kind of commentary is people, as I said, just to keep going back to the line always use is who is going to be next week's Lord Privy Seal. So this micro political infighting, you're cheering on, uh, it's like cheering on your side when your side is full of as ugly and misshapen persons as the other side. So that's brought us. The, the, uh, the emphasis on politics at the expense of everything else is why uh, the future of Western civilization is now in the hands of completely hollow persons who actually have little understanding of that civilization, little understanding of zippity doodah, never mind all the great cathedrals and the great oil paintings and the great symphonies. And that's part of the reason why we're screwed and that's one of the things i used to say to my uh, students at Hillsdale, most of whom knew me from rush so they wanted to talk about you know today's politics today's politics no today's politics again to say something i said to to dellingpole you know it's one thing to be talking about the eighth of the the top eighth of the iceberg that's visible above the surface but it's stupid To when that top eighth breaks off and just floats away, so it's some little bit of nothing floating thirty miles away, and you're not, and so it's in completely the other direction from the iceberg you should be talking about, and that's what all this shallow, 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 you know, the shows I'm talking about. I don't want to. I don't really have anything more to uh, uh, to say about it, but uh, that's that's an important point, Johnny. And that's a good point on uh, which to uh, start wrapping things up. Uh, But we will have, uh, I think, a bit of music to close. Um, Did you see the actor Robert Blake died yesterday? He had a very long career starting 80, I think, 84 years ago when he was a child star in MGM's Our Gang, The Little Rascals. And uh, it went on from there up. Up until he was, decade after decade, up until he was put on trial for the murder of his wife. He was acquitted, but it killed his career and it killed reruns of his 1970s hit TV show Beretta, which I happen to regret because it had a terrific theme tune by Dave Grusin with lyrics by Morgan Ames after the Gospel According to St. Matthew, chapter 10, verse 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Sammy Davis Jr. Don't go to bed with no price on your head No Don't do it No no Don't do the crime if you can't do the time Junior keeping his eye on the Sparrow. Music by Dave Grusin, words by Morgan Ames. (laughs) The theme from Beretta, starring the late Robert Blake. Don't go to bed with no price on your head. That's the mistake I made with Ofcom. Uh, Rick McGinnis' Saturday movie date, Tal Backman on Sunday, James Dellingpole and his Dellingpod with yours truly. That's out there. And on Monday, more of the Mark Stein Show. All coming up at Stein Online. Stay safe, stay free, stay well. Don't run your feet down a dead-end street. Publand Q&A is a production of Markstein Enterprises and Oak Hill Media. All rights reserved.